the reason behind is right now Twitter, Facebook, Airbnb, uh, so many dating or social community app, they try to really fight against fake profile. And the reason、um, they are having difficulties is because they didn't take action at first when they tried to build this community. Coming up on today's episode of Tech Talks, we are discussing responsible innovation and how we can make sure that technology is enriching the human experience. To help me do that, I'm talking to Hugh Jar, the founder of Nomad Her, a community for female solo travellers. We're also talking to Sergey, the CTO of PipeDrive, who might be building a CRM, but can still make sure that they are doing something responsible with their technology that aids human experience. This is Tech Talks, your weekly technology podcast with insight from leaders across the industry. Brought to you by the Harvey Nash Group and presented by myself, David Savage. Joining me today, we've got Amber. Amber Harrison, how are you? Yeah, I'm all good, thanks, Dave. How are you? Yeah, good. Joining us from your cheerless flat in Watford. We'll come on to that in a second. <laughs> It, well, yeah, I'm just not. Well, we'll come on to that, but I'm not、we'll、a、that. Christmas fan, as we've just established. Akish. Hello. You're in the office. It's probably more cheery than Amber's cheerless flat. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit cheery. It's also a bit airy as well because hardly anyone here. But you know. Now, Amber, why have you not got any Christmas decorations up? It's the seventh of December. I think this is now getting to a point where people are allowed to ask questions. Okay, so two reasons. So the first one is that because I live here on my own, and so. Yeah, but then I'm just putting them up for like whose benefit? Just for my benefit. So it doesn't really make an awful lot of sense. The <laughs> second reason I don't really start to think about Christmas until probably about the fifteenth onwards. So for me, it's still quite early.、Uh, for everyone listening, Akisha is nodding along.、Um, just so you know, we've been joined by by two Scrooges of the podcast <laughs> in, in this festive、that. running. Don't give us that. Hannah Stevens <laughs> will be on the thing going, "Oh, you're weird." <laughs> Like absolutely not. I agree with Amber. I'm the same. You live by yourself. What's the point of putting up decorations? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you ain't got you ain't got、sense. no kids running around. You ain't got nothing. Like, there's nothing. We've、well, got the kids running、about. around, but it's it's dark and it's cold and a little、yeah. bit of light is a nice thing. Yeah, you can put a lamp up. Why do you need to put up a Christmas tree <laughs> with lights? You, know I mean? you, you want some lights? But put, put put a lamp. Put a lamp on.、Um, yeah, I I agree. I don't think Christmas decorations is going to make it any brighter or any. Less cold and miserable at the moment. Like, I'm just, yeah. Yeah. This、true. will be a Scrooge household, I'm afraid, Dave. Oh dear. I imagine that neither of you are familiar with the concept of Whamageddon. Then.、Uh, what is that when the the Wham song start going and all that stuff? Is it? So you got you got to try and avoid it.、Uh, yeah. I'm, you I'm, have I'm, to avoid last Christmas, and people do it for charity. No, no, it's no, last no. man standing. Yeah, well, I, I kind of like it though. To be fair, like you know, it's, it's one of that and.、Um, oh, it's my! It is my favourite Christmas song. I know, I'm a bit of a Mariah fan. To be fair, really?、Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's yeah. overdone though, isn't it? Nah, She makes nah, nah. so much money off the back of that. Like, we say that we say that every year.、Oh. Yeah, everyone in the boozer absolutely loves it. Yeah, that's、so. the thing. I, I'm not a massive Christmas. Well, I'm not as big of a Christmas fan as you, Dave. But I do love Christmas music. <laughs> Like I love Christmas music. Like a Christmas song comes on, I'll absolutely sing to it. But are you classics, or are you a bit of a buble? Um, no. Do you know what? I think buble. I like buble. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if it's Christmassy. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit slow, and it's a bit sort of like set in the mood, and it's not necessarily like a Christmas song. Mm. It's beginning to feel a bit like Christmas with Michael Bublé. Is definitely Christmassy. Yeah. 
yeah, but I mean, I just prefer the original rather than the slow okay. version. Fine. Fine. Little tip then before we go on to our interview. CeeLo Green has an amazing Christmas album. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. Yeah, which you wouldn't expect. No, I wouldn't have expected Trust that. Trust you. CeeLo's Magic Moment. Is it? Well, I'm, I'm actually amazing. off to my uh, my uh, old school Christmas uh, carol service next week. So that's when you really get into the, the spirit of things. Oh, yeah. You know? Uh, not, the, not so Scrooge as you might might mate, to be. Mate, but the thing is, the old boys carol service, you get in there wearing your tall blazers, you're done by 2.30, and then you paint the town red in your Christmas spirit, don't you? <laughs> Lovely. Come are, you on. Be, are you singing, Akish? I'm not singing, but I, oh, will right, okay. be, I will be belting out Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King. There you go. I'll be <laughs> belting it, belting it out. Love it. That's my, that's my favourite one. That's my favourite one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and a bit of joy to the world, favourite Christmas carols. Right. Well, look, as, as <laughs> hopefully tonight. people are aware, as people are hopefully aware, today's episode is all about tech that enriches the human experience i think christmas enriches the human experience even if you two aren't quite on board yet but we'll switch on to the interview with hugh jar uh from nomad here and uh, we'll come back with some commentary afterwards so i'm now joined by hugh jar uh from nomad here you're the founder and ceo i've probably not quite pronounced your name correctly because you're south korean right yes i'm from south korea apologies if my british Whoa, that was great ignorance that was yeah, but we should be honest. You did tell me how to pronounce it just before we hit record. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, you're, you're joining us from Paris, um, and, and I'm really thrilled that you've taken the time to join us because you were up to like 9 a.m. You pulled an all-nighter with the team last night, right? Oh, uh, yeah, it was so tough. So we had a big project. A, um, we are making a solo female travel guide by partnering mm-hmm. with a big city, and um, the timeline deadline was by today. So all our team, we didn't sleep, and we work, 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 work till 9 a.m., and then we now we just finished. So you finished successfully, and you can you can relax a little bit, right? Relax a little bit. Still got feedback, so let's see. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Mm. So we said there that you're the CEO and founder of Nomad Her. If anyone's not familiar with Nomad Her, well, you're, you're the number one application for female globe trotters, um, nominated as one of 24 of the most innovative social startups by the Paris City and National Olympic Committee for 2024. Um, really a, a great place to, to be based, especially with the Olympics coming up and so many people from around the world coming to Paris. How did you end up being in Paris? Because as we said, you're South Korean, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, to say frankly, I always say it's because of money. So um, at first I went to Paris. Um, I was a student from South Korea. I always dreamed to study abroad um, and uh, I wanted to find some uh, overseas programs to study my master and found out that all the other programs are so much expensive. Like I would say starting from at least 20,000 bucks, etc. And then um, I found out that French government, they have special program for sponsoring like foreign students to study for two years, full scholarship, housing, like accommodation and also airplane ticket. So I literally wrote like, I think my motivation letter for almost one year, applied, got in. And that's how, how I ended up um, staying in Paris. Yes. But at the same time, um, my goal was to study social venture and also to uh, really go deeper about women empowerment. So it was a great occasion because the school that I went, 
was really like into social impact and social entrepreneurship. So I would say one of the best my um, memories. And uh, still, yes, I'm so happy to be here. So why the why the name Nomad Her? Because globe trotting and travel, but no nomadic lifestyles. It's it's slightly different. So so That's I'm just wondering true. where the nomad aspect comes comes. And from. the name came during my school class. So that's why I brought up the topic about school. So during my study years, um, I took a class called the Digital for Development, and that we should have come up with some names. So I gather with uh, my teammates, we brainstorm, and then thinking like, what should we do? Like, um, there's no problem for women to travel with it. Like they can meet other people. Um, we also want to tell people like about the feeling of freedom and vibe and I was keep like conjugating all different topics I also heard that Twitter or Facebook they even use the dictionary to find up the name uh, in case of me I try to find write every single synonyms about freedom and then come up with nomad her um, so as, basically as what you say nomad itself it I think for me it signifies freedom and uh, it prefers to like we really want to tell women that whoever you um, whoever you are, wherever you are, we are all these people um, who are nomads in part of our life. But at the same time, it also means no matters. Uh, so you don't have to worry about it. It also means no met her. So you didn't met, you didn't meet anyone here yet, but you will uh, plan to meet amazing, inspiring women through no met her. So how does the service? How does the service work? It's an app, right? Yeah, it's on app, but we see um, and we always tell that it's a community beyond the application. That's really important because it's more than app. Uh, it's not just an app. <laughs> That's what we believe. So through a Nomad Her app, think of it as Bumble for female travelers. What it means is that uh, you can swipe left. Oh, no, Bumble swipe left, swipe right. Uh, but we don't have that function, but you can find uh, other female travelers that you can really trust in. Uh, we ask you to go through a very strict verification. Even yesterday night, I think we have some issue from one um, female traveler coming from London. So we had a call at 11 p.m. Uh, because she was like, what? Is this this much strict? Like It's like um, passenger control at the airport. Um, and the thing is, after going through a very strict verification, you can come to know about her and it's a safe community for women. And we, um, you will read inspiring travel stories. You will also get a chance to meet other co-travelers for your future journey. Yes. It's interesting because there's a huge amount of kind of skepticism, I suppose, around privacy and security and 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 individuals' rights when it comes to technology. And you you said there yourself has said it's it's almost like going through airport security getting on the app. So is it is that a slight uphill struggle to convince people that what you know you're asking for a lot from them and, and you're asking for for a lot from a digital footprint point of view, but this is why. And do they understand that? Yeah, it's so difficult and it was more difficult. I think it will get better and better. And as somehow we know that it will be our competitive advantage. The reason behind is right now Twitter, Facebook, Airbnb, uh, so many dating or social community app, they try to really fight against fake profile. And the reason um, they are having difficulties is because they didn't take action 
at first when they try to build this community. So the thing is, um, Nomad, her verification is very tough, as what we told you. We ask you to upload the ID to make sure that you are who you are. And we want to cross-check your self-ID like ID photo, your name on it, with your selfie that you need to take uh, on the spot. So the thing is, we require a lot of action. But at the same time, people who have gone through this verification step, they always told us, you know what? If I had gone through this verification, it means that all the women, all the users on this community and this app, they have gone through the same parts, the same process. So it really gives me a um, huge comfort, huge affirmation that um, people here, at least I can really trust them. Mm. But um, it will take so many years to build our credibility, I guess. Of course. No, I think it's fascinating because obviously as a startup, the thing that everyone talks about is user acquisition and growth. That's true. And, and you're, you're specifically adding friction in to make it difficult, to make it harder to grow quickly. But for very, very good reason. And it, and it's interesting, you know, we, we often talk about people should think about the technology they're building. We, you know, people should think about the effects of the technology that they are building uh, and the impacts that it may well have. And you talk there about building in processes. It's almost like you're building in the responsibility of care or the duty of care to your community that perhaps mm-hmm. others, when they were building communities and dating apps and whatever else, had not thought about in the same way that a technology company maybe should think about security earlier than they often do. Yeah, exactly. Right now, um, these dating apps and even Tinder, they, uh, or I mean, Twitter, what I mean is Tinder too, they are spending huge amount of money because of fake profile issues. And the thing is, uh, at first, even our developer team, they come up with idea, why do I do this? Just to do some social login, like what others do, Facebook, Google, let them to come to the platform. That way it will be much easier for us to like have more users to use our app. app. And why do we do it? Why do we make another obstacle? And the thing is, the philosophy behind it is that it will take so much time, it's true, to build a credibility because people, they are like, so what is Nomad her? Why should I go through it? Can I believe it? What if there are some creepy, like uh, weird people behind this app and what happens to our information? So that's why we really try to make sure that we delete all the information or we don't store, we don't want it. And also, I think it takes time. It takes years, but as somehow we know that this will be our grand asset to give um, trust to people because they are at least assured of the fact that there is less chance of meeting um, fake uh, and the true engaged users. The, the, the um, VC community is predominantly male. Do they get this? Do they understand when you're saying we're slowing down growth and this is why? This is a this is a subject that they're not going to be familiar with, right? I mean, I'm I'm 36, I'm nearly 37, I'm white, I'm Western. For me, this is a whole set of of of, of circumstances that never really enters my head. I'm in a very lucky position. I'm in a privileged position from that point of view. But I imagine that that might be some bias that you're working against. That's really brilliant question. Yeah. So it's really tough. I think um, it's like femtech. Um, Something, uh, 
what you've never experienced, I think it's really hard to imagine what it feels like to be in that position. Um, I once used to work feel work for a really big like IT company in South Korea, and then one day. Um, I had a chance to pitch this idea to my former boss, um, who was head of direction of investment from that company. And he told me, ask one question, are there that many women who travel? So um, I tried to explain what's the different concept um, about uh, men and women when they travel solo, because 80% of men, when they tend to go traveling solo, they prefer to have a... Uh, great food and then quite affordable like um, choices of accommodation while 80% of women they say like I really want safe accommodation so it really shows that they have different types of thinking and the thing is when it comes to VC we always try to talk with numbers so I think that's what how I trained myself and I still try to train myself um, the thing is it's really hard to sell emotion to people who've never gone through that um, But still, if we come up with the numbers saying like, look at this, there is huge opportunity for solo female travel market. There is 3 billion market opportunity that Nomad Heart can very easily address. And 70 to 80% of women, they still couldn't find the product or service that they really want to use. And we are the first setter. Currently, like our DAU has increased 1,200%, etc. So that's one thing what I try to learn and how I persuaded. The second thing is I always try to say, This is not the issue of a random women, but it can be, I think David, you and I, we also talk about it, but uh, it can be the issue of your friend, your girlfriend, your wife, your sister, your daughter, your mom. Um, so try to really make sure that um, it's a common story that a lot of women in the world go through. Hmm. So I, I think it's really interesting because you say there it's, a, it's such a huge market. And I suppose... I don't know, it's, it's interesting. If I think about my friends, I don't think that there are that many of my female friends that did travel solo when we were younger. Maybe maybe I'm... Maybe kind of they, they did and I, I wasn't aware. But it would suggest to me that there are a huge amount of women who don't travel solo who could... And and as you said, there is there is a big market for, for for people to tap into. Why is it important to encourage women to to travel? Why do they not travel? You've you've mentioned. I imagine there's going to be some fairly uh, obvious and um, distressing kind of answers to that. But you've mentioned that men kind of focus on choice of food and affordability. What what are the what are the issues? What are the barriers when it comes to female travel? I think. Traveling solo as a woman signifies um, emancipation. I think it signifies um, freedom. It also signifies that um, who we are. The reason is that a lot of women, they prefer to travel solo as they really want to find themselves uh, through this travel journey. Some people, they do it because they don't have any choice. It's really also getting difficult to find a schedule, uh, to meet time, um, to find, a, I mean, the common uh, schedule with your friends or family. Um, before, let's say uh, 50 or 60 years ago, uh, it was a huge taboo for women 
what? You go traveling solo. Um, I think that will be really difficult. There might be a lot of dangerous situations. Women are physically weaker than men, etc. So there were a lot of obstacles. And now I think in this um, century, um, a lot of people, they start to realize that, no, actually, um, we have capacity. We have so many other tools and network that can support women. But at the same time, it's a great chance for women to really find who they are. And because of the fact that we are physically, I mean, uh, have restrictions, it cannot be any obstacles for women to see the bigger world. So I believe that there should be more women who travel solo and who go step out like who go step out of their like comfort zone. The reason is um, it's a great chance for women to grow and grow and grow. So no matter who they are, like whether that's a grandma of 70 years old or whether that's a like student who is 15 years old, I think every single woman, we have the right to travel solo, but we know that it's so difficult sometimes. And that's why we need a community. We need a support. We need so many other tools. Um, they can really like support them uh, mentally, yes. And look, finally then, if you were talking and there's there's a, a, a woman listening who's going, you know what, maybe I will. Obviously, I imagine one of the things that uh, you'd suggest them is, is get on Nomad Her and download the app and tap into the community. But if you were to give one or two bits of advice, what what would it be? Yeah, one advice that's really um, difficult. Yeah, of course, as what you say, like download Nomad Home. Um, that's a cop out. You can't say that. We, yeah, obviously, exactly, that's a given. Exactly. The thing is, I really want the society where we don't have to download the Nomad Home. I really want to tell you. Uh, it means like the existence of Nomad Home, it also means that uh, the fact that it's really hard for women to travel solo. Um, so the society where we don't have to use Nomad Home might be better, maybe. But still, I just want to tell people that trust your own gut feelings. That's so important. Listen to your inner voice. I think um, it's like uh, when we were uh, like in antique society, uh, we have these gut feelings, like humans' instincts. And sometimes when we are living in a big city, in a busy life, we tend to forget like what it feels like to listen to my inner voice and what my really like heart is saying. And surprisingly, when you start to travel solo, you will talk to yourself, you will ask yourself, you will really listen to what your gut feeling and instincts and hearts are telling you. There are so many moments that I felt like oh, something is weird and going dangerous. And it is. If you feel like maybe, maybe I can trust these people, it is more likely. So it will be a great opportunity for you to trust yourself. But still, for those who hesitate, try to start with a very simple city or easy place that you think where you can speak all your language, which is not that far from your hometown or your origin city, I would say. Great advice. Look, thank you for your time. Um, as we said, you've pulled an all-nighter, so I will leave you alone and I can imagine <laughs> you'll go rest. Or maybe not. Maybe you've got more work to do. Probably, probably the case being a founder. Um, but nonetheless, I hope you get a chance to relax. <laughs> And, and thank you for your time today. Yeah, thank you so much, Dave. Amber, what, what stood out for, for, for you in this particular interview? Okay, so actually, um, another reason why I'm not having any Christmas decorations up this year is because I'm actually going traveling over Christmas. So I'm not here. Oh. So on that's, your own? I'm going on my own. And that's why 
when I saw this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like perfect. And I'm actually going to download it because it's, yeah, it's quite relevant at the moment. Can we ask where you're going? You can, yeah. So I'm going to, so I only booked it yesterday, right? So I was kind of toying with the idea, didn't know what was going on with all the restrictions. And then I thought, you know what, let's just book it. And if it gets cancelled, it gets cancelled. But hopefully by the looks of things, it seems okay. So I'm going to Thailand on the 23rd. So I'll be away for Christmas and I'll be away for New Year's. And then I'll be back on it's maybe the 10th or 11th of January. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just traveling around to different places in Thailand. I think you, that was really cool. Just out of interest, how do your family feel about that? Um, they're all right. Well, I've been traveling quite a few places on my own already. So that they kind of know that. Oh, but at Christmas. Oh, well, yeah, this is the first Christmas that I've ever been away. So they're kind of a bit like. Um, I don't think they were thrilled about it, but I was, I just, I've always wanted to do it. So it's just kind of, Fair you know, right. there's a global pandemic coming on. So I just thought, you know, this is the year for it. Clearly this is, you know, why not? Um, but yeah, so that's why I thought, I mean, the, the app sounds great because I think when you go traveling on your own, it's really strange because I can understand what she's saying about like when guys go, they can just stay pretty much anywhere. And I know that's quite, that's not always the case, obviously, but for majority of guys that I know that have gone traveling on their own they can just stay anywhere they don't really have to give an awful lot of time or attention to sort of like booking mm-hmm. somewhere whereas when I do I sort of like I'll look into like um different sort of features like when you book something you get like the little like safety feature so I always like obviously you look into that you just want to make sure that you're going somewhere that you're not going to get stuff pinched or you know anything yeah. worse is going to happen um so yeah I can see why this is like why she's made this app do you know what I mean because yeah. it's you're out in a different country it's completely foreign it's completely new experience and obviously you go all that way and you're there because you want to see new places and immerse yourself in like a different culture or whatever but obviously still you you kind of want to feel safe and feel as though there are people around you if you want to reach out and have that company um yeah that's my kind of take on things I mean Akish I I admit in the interview that it's just something that I never really think about being being honest have you ever looked at the safety feature of something when you're booking? Never, to be honest. Like you don't even realise it's there, right? Like uh, no. And it sounds really. Amber bad. telling me that is news. It sounds really bad because obviously I I know Amber. I work with Amber, right? And it's like it sounds horrible, right? The fact that someone that that you know does look at that sort of stuff and I just bypass it. Like oh, do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. And, and I'd, I'd like to think that I can look after myself and, you know, I'm a sizable kind of guy. I'd like to think that, you know, I, I can take some moving. But obviously, if someone sat, like, someone pointed a gun at me, I mean, I'll, I'll be shit scared. Like, do, do you know what I mean? But the fact is that you just don't really think of those things as a bloke or like any of, you know, the other instances that you could get into as a woman. Um yeah, you don't really think of it, man. And I, I feel I feel quite bad actually. Like it's probably something that I should also concentrate on, but I just don't. I think let's face it, the the recent spate of violence against women mm. closer to home has probably dragged it into sharp focus. Like <laughs> me and my wife joke that we moved to Kent about seven months ago, and it seems to be that every high profile murderer moved to Kent at the same time as us. Um, <laughs> but it it just it's it's. It's unfortunate, isn't it, that that there have been these awful stories in the press right now, which just keep coming out. And you can understand why it's something that 
women have had to think about for a long time and it is a long time like there was a documentary on the chat on the tv a little while ago talking about um the yorkshire ripper and how women felt in uh leeds and bradford and areas like that around that time and manchester and how scary that was as, as being a young woman out on the street and it's just something that obviously has existed in the background as far as men are, are, are concerned for decades but women have obviously had to think and contend with and now here is a piece of technology that's offering a community that can kind of help give a bit of confidence because as as huge r says it's really important that women are or are encouraged and feel empowered to travel mm. I, th- I think also like if, if anything that the, the recent events as guys is just educated us we talk about education and stuff but up until like all this stuff happened in london and kent and that I was speaking to my cousins who are all females and my sister. And I was like, look, you do, you, do you, you know, a lot do this. They're like, yeah, like this is a thing. Like, and then you hear about some of the stories of where they felt intimidated or, you know, kind of like they've not felt secure or safe. And you kind of think, oh man, I've never had that. Like if I, if I, if I want to walk alone at night, like I'm, I mean, I wouldn't bat an eyelid. Right. Do you know what I mean? Or when it's dark mm. or, through a park or something I'll be like yeah I wouldn't bat an eyelid but you think about stuff and, and especially going away like Amber right to another country I'd think yeah fine no worries like, I'll book this place does it look good is it reasonable can I afford it blah de blah done I mean I wouldn't really look at like safety features or what's happened there or anything like that so yeah it's, it's, it's mad but I think it's good people are getting educated on it people like us you know I mean? yeah and I suppose, you know, we can draw that parallel. Hujar talks about the fact that she's made it particularly difficult to sign up for the community. Mm-hmm. Like people going, why have I got to submit all this information? But then you kind of, you know, her repose about dating sites that haven't thought about making technology platforms that are secure. And the fact that it's very easy on a dating platform to be someone that you're not and that she wants to make sure that she built a platform in a community where absolutely you can have the confidence that the people in that community are who they say they are and actually that you know all right female travel solo travel to one side violence against women to one side for for two seconds when it comes to dating more generally and all that side of things that is something i suppose that men can relate to in that there are a lot of people who who generally are out there to trick or defraud other people generally and if a platform hasn't thought about making sure that their community is genuinely safe and difficult to sign up to, that's a bit of a concern. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, if I guess if you go onto those types of sites and, like, you have to go through all these different questions and you have to, like, I don't know, get a photo and stuff of yourself, then if you, like you say, if you can't answer those simple questions or there's stuff there that you're unable or unwilling to share, then obviously straight away it's kind of done what it's set out to do. Do you know what I mean? Because those people are then not going to be coming onto these apps, these people who potentially aren't who they say they are or like you say they've got sort of an ulterior motive like if that kind of deters these people away from doing it then amazing like that's exactly sort of what they've intended to do and they've obviously kind of accomplished that but I guess with sorry go on I was just gonna say and it's easy enough through banking apps now like we sign up to to challenger bank apps that require us to send through photos and verification through an app and we do it happily enough so it can't be a case of of not trusting an organisation you haven't dealt with before. That that's that's an excuse that doesn't really hold any water. Mm. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I was just going to say about um, with obviously her app. It seems quite good because I don't know because I, I know me and Akisha spoke about this. But have you heard obviously the Grace Malane, uh, Grace? I think it's Grace Malane case 
Um, no. And she, there's like a recent like documentary that's come out about it. And she basically was like a solo backpacker and I think she was in New Zealand. And then she basically went on Tinder, met a guy and then obviously ended up like killing her. Um, and she was just from like Essex. And obviously she just went over there after finishing her studies, like her whole life ahead of her. And then obviously like, you know, something like that happens. But I suppose the reason that she was on that app maybe it wasn't because she wanted to find someone it might just been because she was lonely while she was traveling and just wanted to sort of have that connection and sort of meet with someone just for like I say not even on like a romantic level so if you get people who are away and they can go onto this type of app and know that they're meeting females who are like-minded who are you know they're obviously say who they are because they've gone through this like authentication process that she's put in place like I think so many cases like that will not happen because obviously there's like a safe kind of space for them to go to and they can like say they can go and meet sort of similar people and it's not going to be an issue um yeah but like it, it I mean it happens everywhere like you say it's it's all over the place but the fact that when you're further away it's a different like world and a different way of living so you you wouldn't know how to kind of sort it out as much as if you would just happen if it happened like here in the UK do you know what I mean mm. like it wouldn't be just like the police you can go to or I don't know, you can call a mate or whatever, because obviously like different time zones. So the fact that she's she's put this in place to sort of to help and yeah, I mean I think it looks really cool. I'm definitely gonna have a look into it. Like say going away, it's um yeah. It's a good it's, really um, it's, it's a good safety net, isn't it, to have and also knowing that at least some people are vetted and stuff. Because like you said, the problem with these apps and things are that like you just don't know. Like mm. a, you know, a guy or a girl could seem absolutely normal and turn out they're an absolute lunatic right like you watching film. Yeah. luckily it's never happened to me but like yeah you're watching like films and documentaries and stuff and they turn into just a psycho and they're like tracking like your locations and all this sort of stuff so the stuff that Amber's are talking about and that and it's just like you know if, if you're out there traveling or whatever you just want to have a good time and meet people maybe from a local area they want to show you a few good places or, or even just a chat really not even like a meetup just like you know i'm here like what do you think i should go and see you know how do i get there that sort of stuff it's decent man it's decent but yeah i, I think it's a great idea to be honest and, and definitely an education and learning piece for for a lot of people so amber one more one more user for, for nomad her before you travel yeah and i'm really like I say i only booked it like in the last couple of days so i need to hopefully see if there's any like tips or anything like that as well because at the moment i'm going in a bit clueless so um yeah, anything that they have or anybody's listing actually that goes traveling that can like tell me some tips, then I'm all ears and happy to to have a chat. There you <laughs> yeah, go, get, into, get interactive. Better, at least you'll be in a better climate, isn't it? That time of oh, year. Yeah, exactly. Compared to us, Dave. <sighs> yeah, but well, as 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 you've already said, I, I'm I'm a bit of a sucker for the whole, you know. Yeah. Dark and cold and lights thing. We'll, but we'll be having. Let's not sandwiches. let's not pretend that I won't be jealous of someone being on the beach in Thailand. <laughs> we'll we'll so, be having turkey sandwiches while Amber's scoffing out some nasty. Like, I won't be having turkey sandwiches because I've got my vegan brother-in-law oh, coming over. Right. Nut roast sandwiches then. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that does that does not sound the same, does it? That sounds horrible. Cool. <laughs> so, horrible. Dave, would you would you uh, never go away for Christmas? Like, is that completely out of the question with you? No, I, w- I would go away for Christmas. I don't think I'd. Go like it's a bit different, right? I'm now married and whatever else, so I would go away with my wife if I went away mm. for Christmas. Oh yeah, no, I didn't mean on your own day. <laughs> Just pass by and be like, <laughs> well, you never Christmas, know. I'm Time off. apart, you know. <laughs> I mean, I've I've spent plenty of Christmases away from my parents, obviously now. Uh, so 
I just think that's an interesting step over Christmas to go. Sod, sod it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go travel. I think it's really cool. I think it's, um, yeah, like Hujar says in the interview, it's really empowering, right? So, I think all power to you. Have a have a fun time. Thank you. And have stay a good safe. Christmas. <laughs> oh, I will do. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, stay away from <laughs> Tinder when you're in Thailand. By the same. Oh yeah, she, uh, and Amber's, and any time to be honest. Amber's renowned Fair for enough. Tinder. Oh, uh, yeah. absolutely. Especially not. especially in London. <laughs> Yeah. Might be some listeners that have, you know. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I am chatting to Sergey Anakin. He is the CTO of Pipe Drive. And whilst we've been talking about apps that can help make uh, society a little bit better, this is someone who's building a CRM. So it's like, you know, you can make an app that makes society better. But if you're building a, a tool for salespeople, can you still keep that? ethos of technology that's responsible at its cause. That's what's coming up after the break. A couple of years ago, Michael and Jacob, two friends from London, were both thinking about their consumption and sustainability as a whole. Michael, a professional footballer at the time, realised he had no options when it came to sustainable sportswear. Overconsumption and underuse was all too common. Hilo was born, a sportswear brand fighting for the planet by changing mindsets. They've started with a running shoe made with seven natural materials, and the shoe can be recycled at the end of its life. As a company, they've offset their carbon to beyond zero, making them carbon negative. You can find out more about Hilo and support their mission at hiloathletics.com. That's H-Y-L-O. We support the Hilo movement. So now I'm joined by Sergei, CTO of Pipe Drive. Sergei, are you joining from Estonia? Yeah, I am in Estonia. It's it's a winter right here. Yeah, I, I kind of have this vague notion of where Estonia is, which is kind of almost Scandinavia, not quite Scandinavia, Eastern Europe. I imagine it's, in my head, it's further north than the UK. So I imagine it's quite dark at this time of year. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, as you can see on my background, <laughs> it's quite dark. Ah, there. yes. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I didn't actually realize that was a window, but no, that's very dark. <laughs> Look, thank you for taking the time to join. Uh, very quickly, who are Pipe Drive? Pipe Drive, uh, now uh, it's a unicorn. It's uh, been a start startup when I just joined, and it's been founded by uh, uh, salespeople, actually, who uh, found that uh, none of the CRMs at the time were helping salespeople. They were mostly targeted at managers, uh, and they decided to build their own. And uh, really, they cracked the idea of how to be successful in, the, in, the, in sales, and they wanted to build a tool which helps our salespeople to be successful as well. And that's what Pipedrive is about. So it's a CRM that helps salespeople be successful, exactly. which I imagine on one hand is music to the manager's ears. But at the same time, surely they are interested in the numbers and the output and return on investment. So how do you balance those two? You know, it's being built for the salespeople, sure, but the salespeople in any given organization are not the ones who are making the purchasing decisions. Uh, actually, uh, if you dig into sales uh, profession, you, you quickly realize that uh, sales is... Uh, mostly about uh, numbers and the process. So first of all, Pipedrive helps salespeople to become organized because the work of a salesperson is quite kind of hectic, disorganized, very emotional roller, roller coaster. Uh, and then uh, uh, the tool itself is just grounds up the person and helps him realize what's actually important to become a successful salesperson. 
and it's mostly revolving around activity-based selling where like the more activities you have in your day uh, the better will be results at the end of the month how does that message i mean if you're if you're approaching a sales organization cfo and your pitch is we're making sales people be better sales people how does that go down with that person uh, it's funny <laughs> we don't, actually don't sell to cfos our product growth uh, uh, has been happening organically so salespeople are actually referring the tool to other salespeople okay. uh, which means the tool is useful right and and uh, interestingly while salespeople are being competitive uh, they're also referring the tool which is making them uh, successful which is quite amazing so how important is it to, to the founders of the organization to build something that has an element of care to the individual in it because sales is i have worked in sales for a number of years and it is very emotional and it is very target driven and it is all about productivity and productivity at the minute would seem to be the it's almost like the yin and yang of the outcomes of covid productivity's gone up but collaboration's gone down and we're worried about the emotional impact that it's having on everybody and we're worried about burnout how do you make sure that you build something that still takes that into account, even if it is driving up productivity? Well, I think it's uh, it's very important to understand the psychology of the person uh, and uh, what uh, motivates people, right? And that it's not about actually closing the sale. It's actually following your schedule. Like when you are able to tick off your to-do list, right? You're, you feel that you are making the progress. And at the end of the day, if you know that one out of 100 calls will convert, you know that you just need to make 100 calls, right? And you will have one sale. And and to be able to know what are the ratios, you need to use a tool which is tracking your activities. And that's really like no magic there. It's just, just knowing what steps lead to the success will help to decrease these emotions and be more into the in this engagement and productivity mode so actually taking the emotion out of it is taking away a lot of the stress and the strain from someone's day exactly it's it's just knowing that the process uh and sticking to the process uh, uh, will actually help drive results and also ability to track the process will show show you where you are not efficient enough and then improve in those areas and the platform has an element of ai in, involved in it uh, we do have uh, some small uh, augmentation basically it's mostly about helping to increase this productivity for example just predicting some of the entry uh, points instead of letting the customer type in all the data so it's it's not much more advanced than that but then I suppose it's about creating those efficiencies that you're talking about. Is, exactly. it, is that how you're deploying yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. And and again, very few people understand the compounding effect, right? Like where you, like when you save one second or one minute uh, for every like ten minutes, for example, it's compounding over a long time. You you see a huge gains of productivity. There are lots of technologies out there, uh, you know, AI, blockchain that are they're kind of hyped up and that are talked about as being able to transform kind of our lives and society in this direction or, or, or that. Um, before we hit record, you were talking about blockchain, crypto and, and 
and distributed organizations. And that's a slightly different way of talking about these technologies to the usual hype cycle. What, what, what is it about that model that you think is interesting in terms of how it can have a positive impact on the way that we work? Yeah. So uh, we, we were talking about the efficiency of uh, salespeople, right? But uh, me as a CTO in the company, I'm worried more about the efficiency of the software developers in our organization. And uh, uh, well, looking at different researches and, and more than kind of management uh, uh, techniques and, and philosophies, uh, it all comes down to the employees' engagement, right? And, uh, and what uh, drives employee engagement is uh, knowing what is the purpose of organization, having autonomy to execute on their uh, targets or, or, or execute their role in the organization, and then also ability to learn during uh, uh, those times, right? And, uh, and uh, that actually means that uh, hierarchical organizations uh, are less superior to more distributed organizations, uh, which enable this kind of autonomy, which uh, creates more engagement in their employees. So if, uh, if we take this uh, modern management philosophy and at the same time we look at the uh, crypto space and uh, the notion of uh, distributed autonomous organizations which enable this kind of uh, organizations, distributed organizations, without the need for additional funding or without the need for you know, higher upper management, uh, like I, I see a lot of potential, I see, like where the modern management systems uh, connect, uh, connecting and being supported by the modern technology. Now, you've been at Pipedrive for seven or eight years, right? Yeah, eight years. So when you started, it was a startup. Now it's kind of, is it, is it an SME stage? Is it scale up? How, how would you describe the business? So when I joined Pipedrive, we had 20 employees and now mm -hmm. we are 900. So it's quite, quite a growth. So in those early days, I imagine purpose and getting that message from the founders was quite easy because it's a, it's a smaller organization. And then I suppose as the organization grows, yeah, the direction of the organization and getting that through to people matters, but the purpose of the people leading the organization. Like I, I work in a, in, a, in a large multinational and we don't really talk about necessarily the purpose of the exec so much. It's, it's more kind of we have an understanding of what the company is trying to achieve, but it's, it's not quite the mission-driven, we're fixing a problem style vibe that you get from a startup. However, do you think that the experience that we've all gone through over the last 18 months has brought those back into sharp relief? Because you're talking there about distributed organizations and getting better engagement from, from staff. And I suppose that comes from a renewed sense of purpose and a renewed ability to learn. Uh, I, I would say that uh, the current situation with the uh, healthcare crisis actually accelerated a lot all of the and the changes in the society, which were kind of bubbling up, but they were not so prominent, right? But now, as everyone went, uh, realized that, uh, hey, I don't need to be in the office. I don't need to kind of report to my manager. I can do my work. I, uh, and, and not only employees, but also managers realizing that uh, I don't have, I, I have no ability to watch over 
the shoulder of my employees, right? How do I make sure that they are actually doing doing what they're supposed to do? And the only way is to by engaging them. And how to engage employees is to actually defining the organization true purpose, not not the financial targets, not setting the KPIs. KPIs are good to, to to monitor and sense are we moving in the right direction. But what is the direction is the true purpose. And and by the way, this purpose. Uh, uh, not necessarily is very well defined. If you if you set up a distributed organization and and uh, be as broad as hey, we really want to help small businesses uh, survive this crisis, right? It can be about uh, about uh, making a better tool um, for salespeople, but it can be something else and. Uh, and uh, only teams who are very close to the customers, who truly understand the customer problems in this complicated environment, can know what are the uh, solutions to the our purpose of helping small businesses to survive. But do, do you think it matters more to all organisations that the people who work for them feel that they're doing something that benefits? Or is that is that quite an altruistic ideal that that maybe isn't isn't the truth? I, I kind of feel that there is perhaps this slight shift beforehand. People went to work because they were going to work to get paid. To, whereas now there's a bit more choice, and people may be thinking a little bit more about the types of organisations they're working for, the types of time that they have available to give to work, and, and what they should be doing with that. I, I wonder if there's renewed pressure on organisations to really, you know, you've, you've mentioned purpose a lot, but to really have a mission that feels that that people can buy into yeah i i think the pressure is uh, is coming and it's it's coming from different uh, angles right one is be- because there are more and more successful organizations who are deploying this uh, this purpose-driven distributed type of organization like there are alternatives for people who value this type of organizations and this type of engagement uh, and uh, on the other hand it's again all the people who now had to stay at home and reevaluate what's important for them, and and uh, I, I think it's just coming from within the people themselves. Uh, and uh, again, these are the two very powerful motions. What is happening? On the one hand, you have alternative way, and on the other hand, there is a wish in people to try and uh, and participate in this alternative uh, way. I, I think. Uh, a lot of bigger corporations are actually struggling right now across the market of retaining employees. Uh, uh, there is even this uh, notion of great, uh, um, uh, how do you call it? Great. Uh, the great resignation. Great resignation, exactly. Yeah. Happening. Well, look, it's been fascinating to talk to you. It's clear that, that uh, uh, this is a CRM that has a slightly different ethos about it than perhaps those that we would have been used to in previous years. Uh, And I hope that you, uh, looking at the date that we are recording and when this is going out, are enjoying Advent and looking forward to Christmas. Thank you. Thank you so so much, David. Right, last week on the show, myself and Akish were talking about ways to switch off, uh, to kind of keep your mental health going, to... uh, basically disengage and refresh to a certain extent. We did have some people get back in touch. Uh, and here's one comment, uh, Akish, that I think 
I think you might quite like, okay? Go on. Um, great episode, first of all. Lovely to hear that. <laughs> this is from Cat Wildman. A great episode. Uh, you should do one on the secret downtime guilty pleasures. Um, so mine is singing karaoke on YouTube in my bedroom between Zooms. One day I will accidentally dial in and be unmuted. Man, that is impressive. What, just, just <laughs> in between Zoom calls, just wax on a song on YouTube and goes... In, bet- in between well, Teams or get- Zooms, does a bit of karaoke on, on YouTube. Ooh, ooh. Obviously, we asked what were her favourite songs. Any oh, guesses? ABBA. ABBA's got to be in there somewhere. Okay. I'm just trying to think. I'm just trying to think during your day. I don't know. You, you probably want like a journey, but don't stop believing. I don't know. <laughs> That's very cheesy. What? Word. Bit of wham. Well, I mean, you know. Yeah. Bit of wham, bit of wham. Okay, Beyonce, right. bit of Beyonce, Mariah, I don't know. Oh, well, you're on the money there. Okay, so good one. I'd have to say True Colours by Cindy Lauper. Mm, okay. That's got a lukewarm reaction. Mm, all yeah. I Want for Christmas by Mariah. But yeah, surely that yeah. can't be that can't be Not all, all year. Oh, yeah, no, I was going to say, no, that can't no, be all year no. round. And Walking in Memphis by Mark Cohn. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's a good tune. Yeah, that's, Walking in Memphis yeah. is an absolute banger. Yeah, that's definitely a good shout. Who, who's, so, who sent that in? Cat Wildman. Cat Wildman, you are wild. <laughs> so, so I've got, I've got, I've got to ask you two if you're going to do karaoke between teams calls. Mm-hmm. What's the choice? Obviously, so Akish, we'll give you a bit of thinking time. Amber, you're straight in there with Abba. Yeah, anything Abba. Anything Abba. I could give you, well, I'm not going to, but I could literally sing any Abba song for you right now. Dancing Queen? No, I'm not going to, Dave. I'm not going Come to. Come on. That's, you know, no, no, no. <laughs> That's special occasions only. But my point was, I, you know, I could um, rattle off some Abba songs at any given moment. Um, so it'd be either Abba or, oh, I can't remember the, the name of it. Oh, yeah, Living on a Prayer. Oh, oh Jovi. Oh. Yeah, oh, um, we're halfway there. Yeah, you, you, you've got to sing that after lunch because you're halfway through the day as well. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, it's got oh, a bit, a bit of motivation that. for the yeah, afternoon. Yeah, Look yeah, at yeah, that. yeah, lovely. Um, in case you were clearly just having a browse of your Spotify. No, 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 no. no. I'm, um, and also we've distinguished this. I'm not a Spotify user, I'm, uh, I'm Apple Music, but um, oh, yeah, all right. I was just replying back to an email. Um, I, <laughs> I will be honest. I know you're engaged. Yeah, um. Any kind of nineties R and B mate, to be fair. Right, I know that's Any, really anything you can give us a little little taster of, right? No, now? no, no taster. No, no, my vocal cords aren't warmed up uh, at enough. the moment. Yeah. So any yeah. anything like any like Ashanti or any like I don't know. I I, I know yeah. what Akish would sing because because I was next to him as he was giving it a bit. End of the road. Oh yeah, a bit of boys to men. Come oh. on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. not a bad shout. I think I, I think I think we were in that karaoke place and someone was singing it, but I was doing my best to sing over them, basically. You, you were just you were just having a great time. Yeah, I do I do, yeah. A bit of boys to men, mate, anything like that. Um yeah. Marvin Gaye, bit of bit of Marvin yeah? Gaye. Yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. A bit of Luther Vandross sometimes, every now and then. Yeah. Little I'm, say, I'm, I'm ultra cheesy. I'd, I'd probably go for a bit of Queen. Oh yeah, great shout. Yeah. yeah, bit of Freddie Mercury. I want to break free. I think when you're getting a bit kind of yeah, <laughs> work's getting a bit much. <laughs> Get can the you, vacuum cleaner can out. You, I'm just trying to think what my guilty pleasure is. Like it's not karaoke, but like, do you know what I am a fan of? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this is completely weird. It's like a, a, a mid uh, like a midday sort of like haircut or like a, a beard trim or something like that. Like I'll, I'll go to the barbers like during the day because I feel like you know you kind of go in a scruffy man and you come out like bosh. Is that weird? I don't know if that's a guilty pleasure or not. I don't know. No, I see, I see what you mean. You just kind of like get yourself. Yeah. In the zone, ready for the yeah. afternoon again. Yeah, is that? Is it's that... a nice little kind of time away, isn't it? Yeah. Again, it's a reset of a sort of a type. You know, it's not nice hot towel on your face. You know, kind of just no phones, no screens, just like yeah, a bit of music. Lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pampering. What do, what do you usually do? Like, if you were to take a break, like, do you go outside? Like, do you go for a walk? Do you are you sit on your phone, man? Are you uh, a man? Like, do you, you know to what? Take a bit no, of lunch? Do you know what? I'm I'm actually at the moment. I think I said this in the last episode. I'm a bit of YouTube. Mm, um, okay. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. And and also at the moment uh, with cricket that I'm a big fan of. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and a lot of like radio stuff. So mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I'll, I'll just kind of put that on in the back. Um, oh, I mean, Amber, we're not going to hear from Akish for the next so, so many weeks. Ash yeah. is starting tomorrow. That's yeah, it. Yeah, correct. I'm I'm off, mate. <laughs> Mid- midnight tonight, first ball. He will be watching. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be in bed by uh, half seven, so I get a three four hour sleep before I'm up all night. Anyway, what what, what time does it start? Midnight. It's in yeah, it's in Australia, so obviously it's their day. Oh, you right, okay. Night, so. in- England at the Gabatoire. Oh, oh, beautiful. Anyway, we don't want to bore Amber or any <laughs> any of our listeners. Or suddenly, hey, if you're going traveling, no, this this is a perfect link. We'll ask the listeners if any if anyone is still listening. Where would you go solo traveling if you had the chance? Because I think actually, honestly, for me, it might be a trip to something like the Gabatoire or the MCG or something. Like that. I think that would be amazing. Or I've always fancied going to India to watch cricket. That's um, no. do you know what that is on my bucket list. So what Amber's doing in Thailand over Christmas and New Year, that is if if I if given the choice, I would go and do a cricket uh, traveling. So I'll just travel around yeah. Australia watching all the cricket. I think I think it'd be amazing to watch it in the Caribbean, but I think I think to go watch a T Twenty in mm. the IPL or something just to see how nuts the Indian go, the Indian mm. public goes for it. I I think would be right up there. Yeah, Amber, we know that you're going to Thailand. Anywhere else that's on your hit list of um, destinations? Oh, okay. So I've always wanted to go to Australia. I've actually always wanted to go to India as well. And Canada. They're like my To top... watch the cricket? No, not to watch the cricket. No, no, no. I will be watching no cricket. <laughs> Sorry, Akish. Um, no, but they're my like top three destinations. Yeah, in Canada. Canada's a Canada. big place. Uh, yes, it is, Dave. Yeah. Um, anywhere in particular? Like Vancouver or just... Nice. I, don't, I don't know, to be honest. Just, just anywhere I'm, I'm in Canada. I'm off there in about, in about seven months. Oh, are you? Oh, Go to a wedding in British Columbia. Oh, nice! Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, I, I'm I might be there in July. Is it July you're going? I think it is. Yeah, mate, I might be there in July as well. <laughs> we could do a podcast from Bring you Mate, we're going global. <laughs> why is everyone, why why are you going to Canada at that time as well? Uh, I've got um, family there, and oh, yeah, okay. obviously where no one's really seen each other for like two three years because of the blood in pandemic um i think they're like everyone's doing like a big family reunion so yeah. beautiful yeah, yeah that yeah, sounds yeah. good mm, right well look thank you for your time listeners let us know where you travel to uh apart from that um have a lovely week and we'll be back next week <laughs>